Welcome back to The Grinder, folks. We do have the squirrel with no lips, James Chapman, on board. Um, and <laughs> we also have another guest today. And uh, it's uh, before we bring him in and bring him on, there was something that, that hit me, I want to say yesterday morning. Uh, I woke up and I was walking downstairs to go get coffee. Um, and I was thinking about it. And it was, everybody always talked about being grateful and, and be grateful for the things that you have and, and you know, all of these things. And it hit me that being grateful is to be fully grateful. You've got to be grateful for just being happy. The moment that you are grateful for just being happy alone is when you actually feel gratitude. So that hit me the other morning. Just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Um, so the squirrel with no lips. I, I, what, what, the, what the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't you matter keep, what it keeps you keep comparing me to animals and removing things. <laughs> I got uh let's uh I, I like what you said, but it just I when I imagine you getting out of bed to walk downstairs to get caught, I just imagine you waking up and drinking your little fancy, you know, espresso shot, like somebody delivering that beside you in bed. Somebody I'd, probably be, I'd probably be fucking grateful too if that happened in my house. Look, there's days that I wish that happened, but then there's also yeah. days that I'm glad that it doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, 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 sweet and low and twist a lemon, <laughs> fucker. Little black tea, please. All right, I, I'm stoked. We gonna Go do the intro. Rock it. All right, the man himself, JP Donnell. JP, how you been, buddy? Man, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, James. I'm, I'm a little bit on your side on this one. Like that that intro nickname was a little unique. <laughs> trying to process it whenever we figure it out probably not ideal to talk about it on a podcast that's going to be going out to a lot of people but we'll figure it out later yeah yeah so the <laughs> the funny one is uh dolphin with eyebrows because everybody always joked about me not being able to like grow facial hair and stuff huh. you know i'm just not a hairy dude so everybody call me dolphin with eyebrows yeah that's cool you know yeah. dolphins it's are pretty the- fun i mean hey like we like to crack jokes on each other hey take it dolphins are the um they're the only other mammals that have sex for for fun other than so good throwing out the knowledge this morning (laughs) hey internet so so jp funny looking back all right uh addison and i we were talking about you know you were gonna be on we started joking about back in the day when we had you on like the first time and us being called uh grinder the grinder oh yeah and like especially when we met in alpharetta you're like, man, JP might have been like a little bit like, what am I walking into in yeah, like, when you came around the, the corner? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, if everybody doesn't know, when we sit down, JP goes, hey, so the grinder, have y'all, y'all ever really thought about that name? <laughs> <laughs> Just an outside perspective as a, as a new friend, like, yeah, just, like really dove into that name. <laughs> He took it and ran with it. with a with a with a show called the grinder hey 
the best though was when we had Sal on. I was just when Sal say. came on. Sal came on the. He came. He like leaned around onto the, <laughs> the, the Zoom call to make sure, like, all right, what the fuck am I getting myself into here? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Sal's awesome. He's one of my yeah. favorite people. Yeah, good dude. Cool dude. Very good dude. Cool dude. Um, so JP, it's been a while since we've had you on, man. Thanks for being here today, and I, I'd really like to jump right into what we were talking about before we kick this thing off. You know, last time we talked. It was before COVID. I mean, like, really, you know, we had you on, and I, I was really fascinated. I'd like to go back to what you were saying about how um, Echelon Front had to deal with COVID. Like, can you can you run me back through that? So, when COVID hit, what happened with you guys? Yeah, James, it was uh, it was crazy for for everybody, and, and that's the thing is, you know, you and I we were talking a little bit um, when we were waiting for the muskrat to uh, join us, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like COVID, COVID hit everybody. Like COVID really did hit everybody, you know, and, you know, companies either they, 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 like they dove, right. They just, they crashed and burned. They were able to kind of survive or they, th- they're able to thrive. And the difference between which direction a company went was their ability to innovate and adapt. And that that's an absolute truth. And now there are some big players in the game, some big companies that were already put kind of positioned to win no matter what. And we know that we're not getting into that realm of, of everything that happened in COVID, but there were some big players that no matter what happened, they were positioned to win. And whether you agree with that or not, that that's just the reality of it. And at the end of the day, like there's been times where I'm like, Hey, you kind of hate on those big companies, but at the same time, like, guess what? Those big companies started off like a small company. And they were able to grow and they've been able to provide tremendous value to the, the market and the economy and, you know, just providing jobs and opportunities. I mean, there's, there's these large companies that are opening up warehouses in areas that don't have jobs. And now they're providing jobs to people that are like, oh, this is a good opportunity. So I just want to make that clear. I'm not hating on a large company mm-hmm. at all. Like, that's great. That's fine. I love that. You know, Jocko, you know, says, you know, there's a lot of good companies that are greedy capitalists that do a lot of really good for people. And that's okay because the more money you make, the more you can actually help people out. So I just want to put that out and make, we're very clear with that from the get go. Um, and so we, we at Echelon Front, we're a small company. You know, we, we have a large impact and a large reach because of the books of extreme ownership, the economy of leadership that Jocko Willink and Leif Babin both wrote. And then all the other books that Jocko's written, you know, just the Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, um, Leadership Strategy and Tactics, all the Warrior Kid books, the code that him and Dave Burke wrote together, which if you haven't read the code, that book is ridiculous. It's super simple. Just shoot me a text. I'll send you a copy, man. It's it's phenomenal. It breaks down. It's basically, it's like, how do you develop your code for the way you go through life and it gives you a ranking system that you can give yourself a daily evaluation that's it's crazy that's it's legit. awesome and it makes and if you do it and if you're honest it makes you really go oh i'm not that good at anything which for the performers out there it'll drive you to perform it'll actually drive you to up your game even though your game is probably better than most it makes it go to the next level so uh, that's a real powerful easy read uh, so obviously through all those books, Jocko's podcast, we have a big reach, but in regards to being a company, we're, we're a small company. And when, when, when COVID hit, 
I mean, we lost all of our business because what we do is in-person speaking, in-person coaching, in-person seminars, in-person full-day workshops, you know, the field training exercises that I run, it's our hands-on scenario-based leadership training. Guess what? Gone. We lost everything. We lost everything the last part of March, April, May, June, July for the rest of the year. Every client, boom, gone. And we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Well, guess what? We did what we teach people to do, which is one of our mindsets for victory, innovate and adapt. And we made the adaptions. We, we, we innovated. We, we changed things up and we're like, okay, how do we still provide these principles and these services and these lessons learned? How do we instruct and teach and interact with people? We can do it virtually. We can do it over phone calls. And so that weekend, we created LeadNet, which is our leadership training over the internet. Jocko created the name LeadNet. And <clears throat> from that, we were just, and so we started reaching out to clients and, you know, a, a good amount of them were, you know, pretty hesitant. They're like, I don't know. We just, we would rather wait until it's in person. Virtual's not the same. We, you know, it's, and I get it. Everybody wants Jocko at their events, right? Everyone wants Leif Babin, Dave Burke. They want the, they want people there in person. And one of the things that we had to just keep telling our clients and reminding them is right now, the most important thing that you need is leadership. During the hardest times that you've Man, ever seen good. in your life, the hardest times that you've ever seen in your company's history, did you just cut yourself out as in? No. Oh, okay. Not a Jesus <laughs> Christ, what are you doing <laughs> over there? He drops the knife into his lap and that, like, looks around like he's looking for a tourniquet. <laughs> like, good Lord, please do not bleed out on this. <laughs> All right, take your belt off. Put it around your upper thigh. I need you to crank it. Put something underneath there. Right, right there. Apply pressure. I'm like, Holy shit. Freaking, dude, gave me like sweats instantly, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Hold on. I need a little go through. Uh. <laughs> All right. Where were we? Rambo. Uh, okay. <laughs> the leadership and the, yeah, the, they, they how need we need leadership, leadership more right than now. anything. And then that is, that is something that nobody can deny. Nobody can argue because when your company's struggling, it's because of leadership. It doesn't matter what you think it is. It's not, it, it, it's not a part, it's not anything because at the end of the day, it comes down to your team and how they lead and how they influence others and how they make decisions. And guess what? That's the leadership. And yeah. so we were reaching out to all of our clients. And what I remember what I did is all my clients that canceled that were on the books and the ones that I had already kind of worked with uh, in that year. And even in 2019, all those clients, um, I remember I would just sit in random different places in my house or walking around. And I was taking videos on my iPhone, like selfie videos and sending it to them as text messages. If I had their cell phones or emails and just saying, Hey guys, I just want to let you know that we're here for you. You know, right now, more than anything, your, your company, your organization, they need a stoic leader that's detached from their emotions. That's going to tell them the truth and that's going to solve the problems and, and give ownership. You need to give ownership to solving these problems to your whole team. If there's anything myself and the National Front team can do, don't hesitate to reach out. And I literally, I, I did that for a couple of weeks, just sending constant videos to people, just touching base, calling, sending emails, sending video emails. We got the Zoom stuff figured out. And we also started telling clients like, hey, 
you know, this is what we can do. I told you that, like we were reaching out, we can do virtual and a lot of people are like, ah. And so what, what do we do? Okay, well, guess what? I'm not doing anything anyways. I might as well start doing it for free. Right. And we would yeah. tell our clients that had already spent money with us or were going to spend money with us. We're like, hey, you know what? Right now we need to all get through this together. I'll do, a, you know, half hour keynote. You want an hour session, you want a half day workshop, whatever, right? Whatever our clients needed and or prospects needed, we gave it to them. We did it. And then we were also building up our online training platform. So we have EF online, EF online.com. It's our, it's our online leadership training program where somebody can actually go through. We have these, uh, you know, we have these foundational courses that follow extreme ownership. And so people can watch those videos, take a test and progress along with it. And then the long-term goal is we're building up a certification program that people can follow along, be certified and actually nice. get uh, different levels of leadership cert- certificates from Echelon Front, which is going to be nice. awesome. And the goal is to make it to where people can go through the courses, attend a muster, go to an FTX, do whatever, and then be certified by us to be able to help facilitate training at their company and organization. Uh, so it's an awesome, awesome thing that we're building up. And so, we hadn't really done too much with that because it had always been on the back burner and an in-person gig or an FTX just took priority. And so it was an awesome opportunity for us to be like, oh, we have time. Let's build up EF online. So we started recording videos. We started doing uh, Zooms. And so if somebody's a member of EF online, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we do a live one-hour training with Jocko Leif and the rest of the team on different leadership topics. And so we started that during it and we're going to maintain that, even though we're starting to get busy and back in a bit, like part of our actual job duties now is like, okay, Hey, during these certain days, JP and Dave Burke have EF online. That means we're not traveling. You know, if, if we're going to do gigs, it's going to be virtual gigs. We're not going to be on the road. We're not going to be doing anything so that we can always maintain a, a, a free, or it's not free, it's for our members, but a live leadership training three times a week uh, through that platform. And so we didn't have any of that before COVID. And now we have that and we've built up that base. Uh, so it's been really cool to see how that's adapted. And then as we built out the leadership development alignment program uh, that Dave Burke built out, I want to be clear, not like we as in I had anything to do with that. I was helping as an instructor. Dave Burke is the mastermind behind that. He built out that program and, you know, the, the testament to how good of a program that Dave produced and just the principles of extreme ownership that Leif and Jocker wrote about and developed echelon front around is I, I believe he was saying Every one of our clients that we did the virtual with has re-upped for another iteration of, of training and coaching with us for 2021. Wow. Because every one of them saw value. Every one of them worked through problems. Dude, we had, we had companies that were like, we, this is our last ditch effort. Like if we don't make this work, we're, we're going under. Right. And now they're like thriving in their industry. We had a... Uh, we had a division amongst a very large company in the gas and oil industry that was ranked last, ranked dead last. You know, they do these company-wide rankings for all things, right? Safety, morale, retention, 
you know, just all of those different things. I mean, I'm talking, this is a big, big, big company, okay? Worldwide company. And within the United States, they're ranked dead last for this refinery. They started our LDAP program and they, they did the FTXs and then COVID hit, right? And they were still kind of struggling, but then they switched everything over to virtual and they pushed through and they were recently ranked within the top three. Damn. Yeah. We have another company that is in the government realm. Same thing, ranking dead last within their division. They are now number one. They are ranked number one. And other divisions and departments are coming to them going, what are you guys doing? Yeah. What, what changed? And it's cool because Dave has developed such an amazing program that we have actually now we have train the trainer programs. We develop train the trainer programs and my large field training exercise client up in Michigan, we just developed a train the trainer program for them to where we're now like we have, a, they have a group of 25 leaders that are going to be able to help facilitate the online training that we have. So EF online accounts and then actual workshops and field training exercises amongst their organization. And their goal is they said, Hey, we want all 9,000 of our employees trained because they've seen the difference in the culture. And the reason why I'm sharing all that is obviously, I mean, I want people to learn about echelon front and if they don't know about it, look into it, check. If anything, just listen to the Jocko podcast and read extreme ownership. Right. And just, you know, just listen to a Jocko podcast with, with Leif on there. One of the most recent debriefs, it just kind of shows you what we do. But also I want people to hear that it doesn't matter what type of situation that you're in. If you choose to detach from your emotions and do an honest self-assessment and come up with a plan and take action, you're going to get out of wherever you're at. Right. Well, you are. There's so many things you just covered that, I mean, like there's so many things I want to hit on. Number one, um, leadership, like that is when you see the best leadership I've ever seen in my life was during crisis. Yes. And that, and anybody can be good when it's, it's all sunshine, sunshine and roses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's easy. Yeah. We used to have a saying in the teams, everyone wants to be a frogman on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but when the war kicked off, I guess, you know, guys were like, Oh, hmm, maybe I don't want to do this. You know? Yeah. And there was guys, you know, I don't need to get into it, but avoided combat Yeah, because they were, they weren't in it for the right reasons, you know, and it takes good leaders. It takes good individuals to step up and, you know, it's cool. I wish, our operations calls were recorded for people to listen to because I'm telling you, man, every Monday when Jocko kicks off the ops call for our team, I'm, I'm like, just like glued <laughs> to the screen. I'm like taking notes. I'm like, this is amazing. And I want to grab my notebook real quick. Um, you know, he, he brought this up and it was really cool because, you know, we, we do what we preach. And I think that's also the difference as to why Echelon Front has had the success that it has is because Jocko and Leif, they do what we tell people to do. And I know some people are like, okay, good. Everyone does. No, everyone doesn't. There's a, there's a, there's a handful of leadership companies and consulting agencies out there that tell you to do stuff, but they don't do it within their own team. 
which is crazy. And that's why they have problems. And that's why they're not as good as they should, right? And there's a lot of individuals out there that, you know, that do the same thing, that try to, you know, they have their message that they put out and they're telling you, oh, you should be hard. You should do this. You should do all these things. But yet they don't do it themselves or they only do it when it's convenient and they're on camera or they can, you know, spread their message. And that's, that's just, that's weak, you know? Yeah. And, but it was cool because we, we started our ops call and Jocko was saying, Hey, you know, you know, we've actually failed as an organization to, to better communicate what leadership is. And I, I remember I was looking at the screen, all everyone's faces and we all kind of were like, I thought we've been doing a pretty good job, but you know, Hey, if the boss man is saying we failed, then okay. You know, we're listening. I'm not challenging Jocko, but it was like one of those things where you're just like, I don't understand how, what have we failed at? And as soon as he said it, it was this aha moment for everybody on the team. And we had failed is when we work with companies and organizations or we do podcast interviews or whatever we do, whenever we talk about leadership, we don't do a good enough job breaking down what leadership actually is. And we don't explain to people that leadership is not a title because we get so used to just assuming that people know that and people need to understand that leadership is not a title. Leadership is your ability to influence others around you to do something, whether that's a good something or a bad something. You know, think about those insurgent fighters that we were fighting, James. They had good leaders. They're horrible people. They were literal pieces of shit, right? They were horrible human beings, but they had good leaders within their organization. And that's what was hard and difficult for us, right? We go against these group of insurgent fighters that had like, they had, they had a good culture, right? They had good morale. They had good leadership. They had purpose. Those were difficult. What? They had purpose. Yeah. They had purpose and they believed in their mission, right? Yeah. Those were the hard ones, man. Those were the hard, hard things to fight. And it came down to leadership, individual leadership within their organization. And it's the same on, on the good side of things. And, the, and so at Echelon Front, we've, we've recognized that we need to do a better job explaining to people that all your problems are leadership problems. And this is what he went through. And Jock was like, hey, all of their problems are leadership problems. We all believe that. But guess what? Leadership is a skill that you can learn. Because a lot of people initially are like, okay, I don't have a title. I'm not a manager. I'm not a supervisor. I'm not an executive. I'm not a good leader. And so they just, they sit back and they want other people to lead. They want other people to make decisions. You're failing the organization and you're failing yourself when you do that. What you have to recognize is that leadership is a skill that you can work on. And if all of our problems are leadership problems, then you need to actually work on your leadership skill set so that you can help solve problems. And then the last thing you said is, um, which I already covered was everybody is a leader, no matter where you're at in the organization. And, you know, it was cool because Jock was like, if we can do a better job communicating that to people, he goes, I think we're going to create a greater impact. Therefore, we will have greater success as a company. So here's the thing. All right. For everybody listening to this, you're sitting here listening to JP talk about Echelon Front, one of the companies that's absolutely known for leadership, dichotomy of leadership, right? Extreme ownership, the books, all of that. And they have a weekly meeting, staff meeting, 
and say, we're not doing a good enough job. Constant analyzing to make it sharper, all right? Think about that with your company. If you went home last week and there wasn't enough sales and you're like, man, I wish it would have been more sales and you didn't do shit about it, or whatever the case may be, there's a problem with your company. And, and you're sitting here listening to this. Think about the level of company that Echelon Front is and how they analyze it. That's what winners do. And that's what you got to be doing. You know, like take some time, engage on it. Let, let it hurt your head, man. It ain't always going to be, you do the same, you get the, like, you may not get the same results, especially after you're like COVID, you know, so apply this stuff. Like it is, it is huge. Like it's humbling to me listening to JP talk about this and thinking about what the hell did I do with my, my company, my small little business this past week. You know what I mean? Like to analyze what I could do better. Yeah. And you know, as you're saying, like we do those, you know, we have to analyze ourselves. You know, it's one of the things we talk about another mindset for victory is, you know, having humility, right? The ability to check your ego. Now, as I mean, we've talked about this before. You guys know our egos are great. Our egos is what drives us. And if you're in sales, you've probably got a larger ego than most. And that's good because it drives you. You're competitive. You like to win. Egos are fine. It's when you can't control or check your ego, that's when things are kind of get dangerous. And that's a bad thing. You allow the disease of victory to creep in and you get complacent. You know, these are all bad things. And that happens if we don't do constant, honest self-assessments. And the problem is most professionals, they honestly, most of them don't even do an honest self-assessment of themselves or their organization. A small handful will do them, but guess what? It's a quarterly review, right? It's like this quarterly review that they do. They're making sure that their team is good to go. They're kind of gauging themselves as a leader based off of that. That's bullshit. You should literally be doing a daily assessment. You should do some sort of a end of the day. Okay. Hey, what did I get done today? Did I win? Did I lose? Am I setting myself up for my future success? You know, we debriefed everything in the SEAL teams so that we could assess our progress and make changes to the next thing that we are doing. And James, you remember in the military, our debriefs would help our mission planning. You know, after we would come back from mission, we debrief that mission and it would help us plan for the next mission so that we didn't make the same mistakes. We didn't have the same close calls because close calls aren't a good thing to have. You're like, oh, man, it was a close call. Why was that a close call? I don't want to operate in a life of close calls. I want to operate in the in the sector of just pure dominance. And if you guys are listening to this and you're in sales and you're just surviving, you're getting a bunch of close calls or you get lucky at the end of the week or at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter by getting that big sale that helps you with your numbers, screw you because you're failing yourself. You're failing your organization. You're failing your family. You can't just hope something happens. You actually have to put the work in. Yeah. If you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. And, And that's what we have to do as leaders. And again, you are a leader. If you're listening to this, you're an individual, you're a leader. So as an individual, you need to do an honest self-assessment of yourself and say, okay, hey, am I progressing? Am I contributing to the team? You know, Jocko, again, on another ops call, he was talking to us. He's like, hey, you know, I, you know I've, I should have put this out to you guys sooner. He goes, you guys know I have so much on my plate. He goes, and I'm very decentralized. He goes, I'm actually too decentralized. He goes, and so I need to fix that. And this is what I'm going to do to fix that. He goes, but I want to, I want you guys to know, I want you to win at all costs. So whatever it takes to win, 
activate, go do it. And we're all sitting there. I'm like, yes, you know, like this yeah. is awesome. You know? And that, and that's, that's what we needed to hear. And also at the, at the same time, I was like, damn it. I know that. Why didn't I lead up the chain of command and say, Hey, Jocko, I know you got a lot on your plate. You're very decentralized, lace focusing on all this stuff. Hey, this is kind of what I want to do to win. You good with me doing that? That's what I should have done, but I didn't, you know, and it's that whole, like, you know, we're all kind of like frustrated on on who had failed and, you know, we're kind of battling for ownership back and forth, but it was cool when Jocko said, just win. And then it brought me back to a foundational course on EF online that, that they did. And, and Leif has this videos, what does winning look like? And if you really break down and think about and assess what does winning look like, it gives you the advantage. And that's why I've been trying to tell as many people as possible. If you just start off the day and ask yourself, what does winning look like? It allows you to plan out your day. It allows you to plan out your week or maybe you don't do it daily. Maybe that's a little too much for you. Okay. Start off your week, start off your week and say, okay, what does winning look like? And when you can assess what winning looks like, whatever factor of your life that is, is it your marriage? Is it your relationship with your kids? Is it a relationship within your community? Is it a relationship with your boss? Is it your business? I don't care what it is, your health, your fitness, your diet. Mm -hmm. What does winning look like? And when you can clearly identify what winning looks like, it allows you to reverse engineer that path back to where you're at. Because if you can't see the path to get you to what winning looks like, you have to create that path yourself. And if you take the time to do assessments, if you take the time to think about where you need to do, I'm sorry, where you need to go and what you need to do to get yourself there, then you can create a plan and then you have to take action. The problem is most people listening won't do any of that. Some of you that are listening will do the first part. Very few of you will do all of it and take action. The ones that take action are going to be the ones that win. And something I want to add on to that is it's not just something that can be done once a month or it, there's got to be some sort of consistency behind that because those yes. things do change and that waypoint does change constantly. Um, constantly. Yeah, constantly. And, exactly. And that, that's, that's something that I've had to kind of um, over the past few years is, is recognize that and say, okay, yeah, we want to be, you know, number one, or we want to do these goals or we want to set this out for the year. Prior years, I said, that's what we're going to do. Everybody just kind of put your heads down and move forward. Then you start learning and you're like, okay, well, we've got to, we've got to touch base probably weekly with the team and then daily with ourselves just to figure out where we need to be. Right. What are we doing today to, to move forward? Yeah. It's like when we were doing our ocean swims, right? Dude, swimming out in the ocean and open water ocean swim is difficult. If you're trying to, you know, you're, it's a two mile ocean swim. So a mile, so you swim out past the surf zone and then you swim along the coastline a mile turn around and come back and then swim in past out through the surf zone and get back to the beach. So we get out there and they're like, all right, Hey, you know, guys, that's your, that's your reference point. And so when you're swimming, you're sitting in the water, you can't see a mile. You can't, I'm sorry. You can see it more than a mile, but the buoy that you need to swim to, you can't see it. 
All you know is like, if you swim in this direction, if you use that reference point of that building and that point on that hill, if you keep that in front of you, that's where the buoy is going to be. And you're like, okay, that's my reference point. And so as you're swimming, you're swimming, you come up, you make sure that you're aligned with that reference point. You get back down, you're swimming, you're swimming, come up, boom, check. And they actually have like, when you're swimming in a swim pair, one person setting the pace and one person is guiding. Meaning as they're coming up, they're looking, boom, they're going that way. And that way, you know, if a swim pair goes apart, the guy that's setting the pace can come back and kind of stay close to the guy that's guiding. And if you're not doing what you just said of constant assessments of making sure you're on the right path, guess what you're going to do? You're going to come all the way out here. And guys would do that. Guys would literally swim like 45 degrees off. And then guess what? They've added all that extra distance because now they have to come in here. Or guys that were really bad at guiding, and I attribute this to people that get distracted and can't actually accomplish their goals and daily tasks. Guess what they did? They, they actually put, they would put GPS trackers on some of the guys and some guys would swim about two miles, right? Down and back a little bit extra. Cause there's a little bit of that. And some guys would literally swim two and a half to almost three miles in that same distance, because guess what? They were doing this back and forth, back and forth. There was no, guiding they weren't guiding themselves it's nobody else's responsibility to guide you in life right you have to guide yourself it's the same thing when we did land navigation yeah. i knew where i was at i knew where i needed to get i would assess the train i'd read my map and i'd say okay i need to get to that point i'm not going to be head down with a compass and just be like walking this bearing and trying to go up and over all the hills and oh hey let me fall off this cliff and go no. <laughs> i need to like say okay there's a point, there's a point, there's a point, there's a point. I'm going to have to actually go around. And, you know, some people get so wrapped up, you know, it's just, if you talk about dichotomy, James, like you, mm. you mentioned dichotomy of leadership. What I'm talking about is a dichotomy right now. I just said, Hey, you need a, you need a guide, right? You need a reference point. So you can, you can swim that straight path. You can get to the point, mm-hmm. but here's the dichotomy to that land navigation. Yep. Almost never could I go in a straight path. Yep. And that is also a reference to life. You, there's times where you can't just get there in a straight path. You actually have to say, okay, how do I get there? And you break it down into individual legs. Like you have to go around the cliff, right? You have to go around all these obstacles that you physically can't get through. Okay, yeah. cool. COVID yeah. was a cliff. Okay, we're not going to fall off the cliff, but I still have to get to my destination. What do I do? I adapt my, my path. I adapt my bearing. I, I plan out my new route. And then I start walking. I take yeah. action and move forward with those plans. And people aren't willing to do that because it takes time. It takes you being disciplined. I, man. So I was, uh, I had a buddy of mine, uh, Sullivan, we were in Wisconsin or something. And we had to do a big land nav. <laughs> I was like, look, I'll guide you do, you do the pace count. So I'm guiding it, it, just like you said, man, we're, we're, we're crushing points. We're, we're probably beating everybody and we get to this one spot and it's like, you know, Oh, infantry. Huh, right. Like there's this big, I mean, massive straight up hill. I'm like, let's just, let's get it. We both agree. <laughs> and I mean, man, I mean, literally we're having to grab trees to climb up this thing. Yeah. We probably waste an hour. No telling how much energy we get to the top. We see the point and we see guys running around the side of the hill, getting to the point. Yeah. Burn ourselves out. Yep. Because we wouldn't take a minute and reassess and shift fire. 
you know? So we, we had to do that. And God, man, that's so true. And I mean, it, it, guys, if you're listening to this, well, of course you're listening to this, like that's the things you need to do. You need to be willing to, to shift fire as need be so that you like things change. Yeah. And you can't just headstrong into stuff. So I really like you, you sharing that about Jocko as well, talking about how he he's analyzing and saying, Hey, I'm too decentralized. This is what we need to do. You know, I mean, you, you, you gotta, you gotta change around. You gotta move as need be. It's what keeps you alive in this stuff. And I think addition to that, it's also checking the ego, you know, going back to what JP said is, is yep. understanding that that ego check is, is something that has to be assessed as well. Right. Yeah. You can have these things, you can have these plans, you can have these situations, but if you go into a situation just like COVID and you say, Oh, we're not going to be affected. We're good to go. We are uh, essential. Right we don't have to change anything. The people who are essential, who did change are the ones that took that, that, that step and leap ahead. Um, And then, you know, just going back into that is, is that's something that jujitsu has taught me um, is a constant ego check. And I'll even have, you know, coaches that, that will come in and almost test me on my ego. Like, Oh, this dude's a lot bigger than you. And he's a lot stronger than you. Do you understand this or that? And I'm like, I mean, he's kind of bigger than me, but he's also like kind of, kind of stronger than me. He's not that much. It's not a lot. Right. But it's, it's my mental play of like, why am I focused on that and not what he is saying? So being, being focused on those things. Yeah. Dig it. I I love it, man. It's it's great stuff. Um, You know, one last thing I want to hit on is that you talked about some people, after COVID, some people winning, some people losing, like, don't, don't rest on your laurels that, that, okay, you've made it to a spot and it's, it's going to stay that way as well. That's one of the biggest mistakes I made when I opened my agency. I was like, look, I'm going to bust my ass in a couple of years. It's just going to be easy. And I busted my ass and guess what? It it almost made me sad when I realized it. And then I had to change my vision because my vision was wrong. I was looking at it wrong. And I was like, what do I like? You know, I started thinking about the people growing underneath me and them winning. I got way more excited. It's more challenging now than it's ever been, but I I enjoy that. So like getting your ass kicked sometimes is, is like, it's, it's part of the process. I always say, you know, you can't have the best view if you don't climb the hill, right? You got to climb the hard hills so you can have the great view at the top. And, you know, you got your ass kicked last year, maybe, hopefully you learned something anytime I've had my ass kicked in real life or, you know, at, at, in business, it's taught me something, you know, I don't smart off to the bigger dude who beats my ass, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be. (laughs) Well, that's also an, uh, that's an, that's up to the individual. It's up to you as an individual, you have to choose. It goes back to what you're saying is assessments. You know, if I can take the time to do an, an assessment, over my wins and losses, then you can learn. You know, I, I hate, I hate the, the saying, win or learn, you never lose. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. No, you actually win or you lose. That is life. Yeah. That is life. Hey, you lose a deal, James. Hey, you didn't lose, you learned. No, you lost. You yeah. lost a deal <laughs> to your competitor. You win or lose. That's how life is, right? Yeah. That There is a score in everything that we do in life. Now, whether you learn 
from those wins or those losses is 100% up to you. And it comes back to what Addison was just saying about your ego. If you can check your ego, then you can actually put yourself in the detached perspective to learn from wins and losses. Love that. Yeah, because I've I watch people get their ass beat all the time. They never learn a thing, so they keep getting their ass beat. Exactly. And then you see people that are winning and they actually don't assess those wins and they don't learn. And I guess yeah. what happens? Then they crash and burn. Yeah. You know, you have guys like Jocko who are constantly doing assessments of himself, of all of his companies, and you know, he's winning. Bro, that guy is winning. I promise you. He doesn't feel like he's winning. He's like, no, I'm not where I need to be yet. We're not where we need to be yet. He goes, this is just the beginning and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I believe you. I know that, right? But he he puts himself in that constant state of, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's okay. That's okay yeah. to be. You know, some people are like, man, that's not a good thing long-term for your health and your, you know, to be stressed. I'm like, he's not stressed. It's it's fighting complacency. What I, yeah. what I can promise you, a bad place to be long-term for your health and your stress is in a complacent state of mind. You yeah. get in that, that complacent holding phase. That's a, that's a bad place to be. Yeah, I've, man, I've seen it. You know, the next thing you know, you're too old, you're too weak, and you can't, you can't recoup from it. And it's just, a, it, I mean, that, it's going down, and you can't change a thing. Yeah, you're talking about a bad spot. Yeah. But you know one thing you, you've mentioned multiple times, but you haven't, or one of the things that you're communicating or is the communication like y'all's constant communication that keeps purpose alive, that keeps uh, egos in check. That does all that is good communication. And that's one thing that hasn't been mentioned here. It's like, that's why there's weekly briefings that JP's talking about, like constant communication with each other. You know, what's going on. It keeps everything in check for everyone. Yeah. When we, when we work with companies, that's one of the things that we, we hit on a lot and it's really cool because when we do debriefs at the end of the training and we're saying, Hey, what was your biggest takeaway? What's something you're going to work on, man, 70 to 80% of those answers is my communication, my communication. I need to work on my communication or, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, <clears throat> when you talk through the laws of combat that Jocko and Leif wrote about in extreme ownership, Jocko created these when he was running training for all the West coast steel teams is, you know, just four laws of combat. They're very simple. You know, first one is cover and move. It's a gunfighting technique. That that means teamwork, right? We're working together. We're covering for each other so we can continue moving towards our objective, you know, breaking down silos, building relationships. Guess what? That requires communication. In order for you to have a relationship with somebody, you actually have, actually have to communicate with them. In order for me to say, hey, James, I need help with this. I have to communicate in order for James to say, I wonder what JP needs help with. He needs to communicate to me, right? And so, you know, and cover moves the foundation of everything that we do. Without teamwork, no, like no group, no organization is going to survive. That is mm-hmm. an absolute fact, right? If everybody yep. is working against each other, it's going to fall apart. Our second law of combat is simple. How we communicate has to be simple. The message that we deliver, the goal has to be simple. When I'm talking to my team, we're delivering a message, we're putting out just, you know, hey, this is what we need to get done this week. It needs to be simple, clear, and concise. And if somebody on my team doesn't understand what I'm trying to say, that's my fault as a leader. Because that means that my communication was not understood. And that's my responsibility. 
And, uh, you know, a tool that we do is the brief back. So if I'm saying, hey, James, Addison, I need you guys to prepare for this podcast. You know, we're starting right at eight o'clock in the morning. I want to make sure that you're ready with this. You're ready with this. Boom, boom. And I'm saying, hey, do you guys have any questions? And you guys are probably going to say no. That's normal, right? Because people aren't going to say, well, I have questions. Mm. So in, in order for me to understand how my communication as a leader was effective or ineffective and to make sure you guys are paying attention, I say, hey, James, real quickly, just brief that back to me, what time we're starting and what your roles and responsibilities are. Addison, same thing for you, right? Don't it's, like that. it's very simple. And now I get to hear what you are saying. I get to hear what you heard me say. And if for whatever reason, you're like, hey, you know, we're starting at we're starting at 9 a.m. And I'm in charge of communications. I say, hey, hey man, I'm sorry. That's that's my fault. I, I was confused. Um, I probably confused you because last week we started at nine. We're actually starting at eight. And Addison's in charge of communications. You're in charge of the website. Okay. So real quickly, what, what do you got? Website. Okay. Yeah. What time we start? Eight. Okay, good. All right, Addison, real quickly, what time are we starting and what are you in charge of? I just want to make sure I didn't confuse you also, man. Yeah. I take ownership, right? I take ownership I like of that. asking for that brief back. I'm telling you, man, if you implement the brief back, a game changer it's an absolute game changer I was back- I, i'm starting that today because let me tell you that is one of the biggest failures i have in my communication i love to communicate my problem is i like to do it through all these fucking ridiculous analogies yeah. over and over again and i'll you know what i'm saying by the time we get done it's like what the hell did he bring me in here for well also you have yeah. to understand that james you're really smart and you have to talk to the lowest common denominator. I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner towards anybody on your team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so if if you and Addison brought me on board your guys' team to start working for you, I would be the lowest common denominator because I'm new. It's not because I'm dumb. Yeah. I mean, I'm somewhat intelligent. I'm coachable. I'm teachable. I'm a hard worker. But I would be brand new to your organization. I would be your lowest common denominator. You guys would know stuff that you didn't even know that I didn't know. You would have just assumed. It's the same thing my wife and I do with our kids. We're like, oh, that's right. They don't know that, you know, or just, you know, or even with our spouse, there's sometimes like, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Amanda doesn't know that, or she doesn't understand what I'm trying to say. And I do the same thing with her, right? And so you have to be aware of how you communicate. And I'm telling you, bud, if you implement that brief back, and it's very simple, like I just did with you, you take ownership from the get-go. And so to I'll give the example again, hey, James Addison, I just really quickly, I want you guys to kind of read back to me what you guys heard me say you guys need to do because I want to make sure I didn't confuse you guys or I didn't give you guys the wrong information. And I also want to make sure that I didn't forget to give you guys some stuff. I also want to understand exactly what you're going to be doing and how so that I can support you. It's that simple. And then you just shut up and you listen and you take notes, take notes. When someone's briefing back to you, if it's somewhat important, too important, you should be taking notes because that way you can keep yourself on track and it's accountability to your team. Because at the end of the day, if your team fails, it's your responsibility. Yep. So that's that's simple. That's the uh, nugget of the day. That's the nugget of the day for me, man. That's uh, that's really, really good. Because I mean, sometimes I even get pissed. I'll get yes. one of my, my my other leaders in here. I'm like, did I make that like really clear? They're like, well, I 
I felt like I understood you. And I'm like, well, then like, why is that not being executed on? So and it's me, man. It's yeah, me. At the end. It is. And here's the deal. Effective or ineffective. It's the only two measures that matter. Yeah. And if people aren't going and executing what you asked them to do, then you're a community. It wasn't effective. Yeah. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it was not effective. Right. Yeah. And you know, we could dive deeper into this on another podcast. If you guys want as regards like, well, what if somebody's not motivated? Well, yeah, there's ways, you know, we can dive deep down that rabbit hole, but yeah. at the end of the day, it is your responsibility. And Addison, one of the things that I've been doing when uh, I've been traveling or I, I train at different gyms for jujitsu and I, even at my gym, I've actually in a professional manner explained to the black belts how they can do the teaching because guess what they demo they, they drill it, they demo it. They say, does anybody have any questions? Everyone's sitting there. Nobody raises their hands. We're like, all right, ready, break, boom. Everyone claps their hands. They go to start moving and look around. And guess what? People are like, what was I supposed to be doing? And they're wasting time. And now that guy's walking around trying to, and so I was back home on leave and I went to the old gym I was training at. And I told, um, you know, my buddy, he's a black belt now. He's one of the instructors and same thing. I saw him like teach, same questions. Nope. Everyone went around. And, you know, he's a black belt. I'm a new purple belt. And this is like kind of the beginner's class. Well, not beginner, but, you know, whatever. There's a lot of white belts and blue belts in there. And so I was kind of walking around helping him. And then him and I would drill and, you know, kind of get a little work in. And I was like, hey, and I pull him aside. I'm like, just from my detached perspective, from the coaching side for business, what I do, I was like, try this. This is called the brief back or read back. And this is how you would do it for, for teaching. I was like, just trust me, just try it. It won't, it won't screw anything up. I know nobody's ever done this before that you've seen in jujitsu, but, and so I was like, this is what you do. I was like, when you get done, you're going to say, you're going to call up one of the people and say, all right, Hey, Donnie, come up and uh, teach this back to myself and the rest of the class real quick. And he's like, okay. I'm like, "I'll, I'll help guide you through it, whatever. And so he did it. And like, he called on the kid and he was like, uh, came up there and he's like, yeah, I didn't do this. And I told him, like, hey, if they forget something, you take ownership. You say, oh, I didn't make that clear. So the kid forgot something and he looked at me and I kind of nodded my head. He was like, hey, man, that's my fault. I, I didn't make that clear. That's why you're not able to remember it. Hey, this is what we do. So they worked through it. And then he called somebody else up and they came up there and they're like, oh, but, well, guess I promise you when that other person was demoing, everybody was paying attention. Oh, yeah. And then when somebody else came up and demoed it, they got it. He's like, all right, good. Hey, does anybody have any questions? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then guess what? People started asking questions. Yeah. And so they worked through it. They went back. And then when they broke, guess what? Everybody was drilling. Nobody was sitting around waiting. You know, it's super effective. It is so effective to get people to take action. So, awesome. you know, um, you don't I, love that shit. Like I, I'm eating this up right now. No, I, I know. So Addison, man, whatever gym you train at, have them listen to this little section. If they don't want to listen to the whole podcast, have them listen to that because the, the gyms that I've worked with and told this to, when they've implemented it, it's been changing the game for their gym. And, like it, he and told it, me, he's like, bro, he goes, I do it all the time. And the progression has been amazing. He goes, and everybody knows that I'm going to do it. And I even told him, hey, you tell them ahead of time. Hey, guys, after I demo this, I'm going to call a few of you to come up and teach it back to make sure that I'm not confusing you guys and make sure that I'm teaching it properly. He takes ownership. He lets them know. And people are thrilled. It's pretty legit, man. And, and it's it's something that's so consistent. It's every class that you've ever been to. It's, it's every school that you've been to. It's always... 
everybody's like, no, we're good. We got it. And then they go to sit down and actually practice or, or drill. And everybody's just kind of like looking around, making sure that they're doing something right or they didn't understand it. And they're wasting like, time. Exactly. They're wasting time. Exactly. So um, th- I know we're at our time, but third law of combat is prioritize and execute. Um, hey, we all have problems. We all have things that are going to come up on our plate. I mean, you look at your daily to-do list, there, there should be a lot on there. If you're listening to this podcast, that list better be long because if you're doing sales, you better be putting yourself to work all day long, you know, and you got to fight that complacency. You know, some people are listening, they're commissioned. Some people are salary. Some people are a combo of both. And, you know, the dangerous place to be is, is in a good place financially because that's when that complacency creeps in. And so you have to combat that complacency by assessing your priorities and uh, deciding which ones you need to get to work on, which ones you can kind of pause and which ones you can delegate. And that's a hard thing for people to do is delegate things. The harder thing is to actually look at stuff on your list and recognize that's actually not a priority. As much as I want it to get done, as much as I need it to get done, that's actually taking away from the important things. And sometimes your priorities are not the priority of the team. And that requires you checking your ego and doing an honest assessment and going, oh, hey, it's really important for me to get all this stuff done. But actually, if Addison and his team doesn't get this project done in time, the organization takes a major hit. Guess what? Resources, people allocated over towards Addison. And we're going to make sure that they win. And then we can get our stuff, you know, when it matters. And, and that's, that's difficult to do. Uh, being able to detach, to assess things getting bad and problems arising requires training. You have to train yourself just like leadership is a skill. The ability to detach from your emotions to make logical decisions is a skill set as well. It takes time. You have to practice. You have to, you really have to ingrain that into your DNA in regards to what your SOPs are. And that requires good communication, right? I mean, just assessing, Hey, what's your problems? Here's my problems. Here's my priorities. Um, you know, being able to relax, look around and, and make a call. You, you have to be able to communicate with other people to, to accomplish all that. And the last one is decentralized command. If I want everybody to lead, I have to empower them to lead. It's great. And people are like, yeah, I want people to be able to step up and make decisions. Well, how often are we putting people into those positions where they can step up and lead? And then when they step up and lead and they make a bad decision and they fail, how do we handle that? Because if I'm hammering someone, if I'm smashing them, when they make a decision that's wrong, how many more times do you think they're really going to step up and lead? They're not going yeah. to. And a lot of times individuals and leaders forget where they came from. They forget the mistakes that they made and they hold this high standard that they never maintain themselves. And it's good to always improve the standards, but you also have to be realistic with the standards that you're upholding to ensure that your team has the ability to lead and make decisions. And if you're, if you're trying to get your team to go out and do something, you have to tell them what to do, right? Hey, this is what I need you to do. And this is why, how do you want to get that done? That's how you give ownership. Hey, James, I need you and Addison to provide security for these troops that are building these combat outposts. The reason why is there's about four to 5,000 enemy fighters in this neighborhood that we're in and we need to keep them safe. How do you want to do that? And then as a leader, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen to you 
and I'm going to assess your plan. And whatever you say, I'm going to say, okay, I like that. I like this part of it. And if it's a horrible plan, I'm going to pick something in there that I like. I'm going to say, I really like this part of your plan. If you were to do this and add it to your plan, how would you execute that? I'm giving you what you should do, right? I'm giving you my ideas, but I'm not saying this is what you need to do. I'm not saying, hey, that's a good idea, but you should do this. I'm basically saying your plan is shitty. You should do this. That's what you're saying. When you say, but you're, you are saying whatever they said is shit. Mm-hmm. You are. Uh, Jocko did this awesome EF online. Talk about that. Be careful of the big, butt, right? Like that, yeah. butt comes in and, you know, just ruins whatever that person said. And you're taking ownership. If I come up to James, if you're always coming up to me with a plan, I'm like, that's a really good idea, but you should probably do this, man. I like that. But you know, go around and do it this way. Hey, I like it, but use this form. Eventually you're going to stop coming up with ideas because I'm just changing everything that you do. Well, worse than that. I'm not, I'm not only going to stop coming up with ideas. I'm just going to come to you and ask you what I should do. Yeah. And I don't have the bandwidth questions, man. I mean, I know that very well because you're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah. And so that should be a, a realization as a leader. If you have people that aren't making decisions, you've been micromanaging too much. If people can't make simple decisions, that's a red flag. I've been micromanaging too much. And so mm. to help eliminate that, hey, James, Addison, this is what I need you guys to do. And this is why. How do you guys want to accomplish that goal? How do you want to get the job done? I just, I want to know how you're going to do it so that I can support you. I just need awareness of your plan so I can provide some cover from the higher ups and make sure you have the resources and everything that you need. I need to make sure I can get it for you. I just need to know how you're going to do it. And that's true because that's what I want to do. I want to support you and everything else, but I also need to assess your plan because if your plan isn't as good as it needs to be, I need to give you some little nuggets to add to it. And I do that by saying, Hey, I liked that part of the plan. What do you think about adding this to it? If you were to add this, how would you make it work? If you did this, do you think that this would actually be more successful? I just, I want your opinion because this is your plan. I just, how would you do this? And then when you take on my suggestion and add it to your plan and you then brief how you're going to do it, I'm going to say, that's awesome. Run with your idea, run with your plan. That's how I mean, that's, that's, that's next level shit. Like a little flank. And that's how I give you ownership of my ideas. Yep. Bro. I did that when I got out. I did that when I got out of the military to the owners of the financial company I worked for. Cause the sales guys are like, bro, they're never going to do it. Never going to do it. It has to be their idea. I'm like, bro, I've dealt with people that needs to be their idea. Don't worry. And so I went, went and I was sitting down and I was talking with the owners and I'm like, Hey, <clears throat> what if, if we were to do it this way, like if, if, if you were to do this, how would you implement if If you were on the sales team, so-and-so, if you're on the sales team, Jane, how would you implement this into what we're doing? I'm just, I'm a little confused as to how we properly do this. I knew how to do it, but I have no problem checking my ego because they were very ego driven and they're like, oh, well, that's easy. I would just do this, this, and this, and this. And that's how I would do it. I'm like, damn. I was like, do you mind if I take your idea and go implement it into the sales team? And they're like, yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Let me know what you need help with. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I went back oh to the guys. God, I'm amazing. like, hey, here's the deal. And they're like, 
what? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it wasn't my idea. It was James's idea. Right. And they're like, check. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care. Do I need the credit? No. All that matters is that my team is winning. Yeah. And that's what we need to focus on. So, yeah. yeah, that, I mean, and obviously, come on. I mean, think about everything we just talked about that requires communication. 100%. You have to have good communication. Yeah. The communication yeah. has to be very simple. Because if I try to give you this long, drawn out, elaborate plan with all these really cool, smart analogies, James, yeah, I'm gonna confuse some people. Yeah. So, so going back to this, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and, and tie a bow on it. Um, so the what I found is as far as decentralized command, I, I feel like I've I've got to the point where I over delegate things, and I say, you know, I look at I look at my list and I say, okay, well, this has to be done. And then I get to the point where I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? What, what is, what is Addison's role now? Right. That's where I got to. Um, and so if you're I'm, delegating everything, then make sure that you're maintaining the standards right. and the level of work that your team, is. if you break down leadership, it's accountability, responsibility, and standards. Right. You tell your team, Hey, this is what you're accountable for. And here's my accountability to you as a leader. Addison, here's your responsibilities. And here's my responsibility to you as a leader and the organization. And here's the standards that we have. You need to maintain these standards with your work, right? Here's my standards that I will be maintaining as your leader and as, you know, a member of this organization. And then I'm giving out my tasks to my team. For a leader, if the ultimate goal of a leader is to be in charge of nothing, in order for me to be in charge of nothing, I have to be in charge of everything. In order for me to be in charge of everything, I have to be in charge of nothing. It goes back and forth. So if you're delegating all these tasks to people, guess what you get to do? You get to manage your people, train them, equip them, coach them, mentor them, make sure they have the resources, get them across the finish line. And then what you do is you find three people to coach and train and equip so that they can do exactly what you are doing. So that they can build teams and they can be in charge of nothing. And then you manage those three. And then you're able to be up and out looking at the greater strategic vision of the organization so that you guys can win 5, 10, 20 years down the road. You can't look at that if you're trying to do the little shit every day, bud. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then so then the next thing was. Um, as far as like the emotion, next thing, marinate on that shit for a second. <laughs> Dude, no, I was, let, me add one, let me add one thing to that. That is a hard shift in your mindset. Yeah. It's a hard shift in your mindset. And people fail to do that because they feel like they have to be doing something. Like you said, I feel like I have to be doing the work. Yeah. Do you not think doing what I just told you is going to be a lot of hard work? It is. It's just different work. That's what you need to focus on. Got it. Right at that. And that's- yeah, I think the more driven you are, the harder it is. Like, I really struggle with that because I want to be in the work, man. I want to roll my sleeves. I want to get in there with the guys and, like, get after it, you know? Like, I like that. Yeah. And I got to be – I have – I, I try – I, I have to fight my urges to stay out of it. So here's what I want you to think about. Not only are you failing yourself when you do that, James – you're actually failing your team and potential team members. Because if you're getting your hands dirty and you're down there with them grinding and working, you're actually not leading. Yeah. yeah. You're not, when you're not leading, you're not empowering people to make decisions on their own. When you're not leading, you're not growing people amongst your organization. 
when you're not leading, when you're not up and out, when you're not detached and assessing, you're actually not able to bring on new team members to get their hands dirty and to give them the opportunity to make a lot of money with your team. And then something it's, it's about getting inside the mud with, with everything and you're not paying attention. Um, And that's something that I I almost yo-yo with. It it feels like that, you know, one minute I'll be like, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it. This is the plan. And then everybody gets that plan. And then I'm like, oh, but you know what? I probably need to start making some more sales calls. So then I get back into it and then I'm not paying attention to what's going on on the left side of the game. Um, But no, that, that makes complete sense. And that's, that's where the list of prioritizing, that's where our daily tasks come into play. Like you, you should, I know you guys know this, you plan out your day the day before, because if I try to plan out my day in the morning, that list will never be as, as effective as it needs to be. And plus I need, if I'm debriefing my day, then that helps me with my mission planning. So at the end of the day, if I'm doing a debrief, that's when I actually need to plan out my next day. Right. Yeah. And Damn, man, this is good stuff. I want to like walk out of my office and go like 300 kick somebody in the chest right now. Like, I'm so fucking fired up. And so the, so the last thing the last, around here, man. Last thing that I want to run into is uh, something that I do with, with my emotion check is if I'm on the phone with a client and let's just say it's, it's going different than what, what I expected, I have to actually pause myself and, and evaluate where I'm feeling and like what, what thoughts are going through my head as I'm on the phone. And then following that, that conversation up with how did, how did I assess what was happening and how did I, how did I react to that, that conversation um, versus just, I'm very quick to just kind of just throw things out and they just, you know, rock and roll. Whereas now I'm starting to get to the point of, okay, we're having the conversation, everything's going good, or this is going on, or this is negative, or, or whatever it may be, how am I reacting to that, that situation? Um, and so that, that, emotion, that emotional check uh, is something that I do more so on, on when I'm on the phone, just throughout the day to make sure that I am assessing that. Um, so that, that's, that's been helpful for me. That's good. And you know, if people are having a hard time detaching to do that emotional check, yeah, I, 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 would, I, would, I do this myself. I did it when I first started doing sales and I told my guys, I'm like, when I got promoted sales manager, I'm like, hey, stand up when you're on the phone. Don't sit in your chair. Yeah. And, you know, so anytime you feel like you're getting flustered or whatever, just stand up. It, it does two things. One, it's telling you to detach. You're physically standing up, getting away from your desk for a second, just to pause control, right? And it also gives you a sense of authority when you're standing up. Right. Like when we do these podcasts, when we do, you know, I'm sitting down for this podcast, but most of the time, like I use my standing desk for, for the EF online training. If I'm training, if I'm doing a virtual training with a client, I'm standing up because it gives me that sense of authority, like a teacher in the front of a classroom. And that's what you should do. And it also helps me detach from getting sucked into my emotions. It's I don't know what it is. It works for me. So to be able to do like what Addison just said, you need to find little triggers that allow yourself to identify, Oh, I'm getting sucked in. I'm getting emotional. Stop, detach, assess, look around, deep breath process, and then proceed to move forward. Okay. Love it, man. JP, this has been awesome. It's been awesome. Um, and we'll have in the show notes where you can uh, follow JP. Um, definitely recommend following him on 
on the IG. And um, he's not the prettiest guy in the world, but no. <laughs> Anything else you want to leave us with, JP? Any, uh, any? No, I, I appreciate you guys having me back on. I uh, appreciate you guys being flexible with my crazy ass schedule. And hey, man, we always life, but, bring us gold, man. I mean, this stuff is awesome. I appreciate being on. And if you guys are listening, I mean, subscribe, share with somebody, you know, just help, uh, help get this podcast out to people. And if you took something from the message, you know, share it, share it with others, you know, or if anything, just take something and go implement it yourself and go get a win. That's all we want, right? We want people to win. And if, if enough people are winning, then the world becomes a better place. Yep. So I appreciate you guys. You guys have an awesome day. I'm going to run to go get some midday jujitsu in before my next uh, uh, client training. Awesome. All right. And guys, don't forget to stop over at jockofuel.com or originmain.com and go pick up some uh, sour apple sniper for the man JP, right? (laughs) I do recommend that flavor, (laughs) but they all are awesome. (laughs) Man, the uh, the afterburner orange is legit i mean every foot they they changed up the uh the flavor for citrus psycho as well now it's now lace they haven't officially announced it yet but if you see some of their cans coming out it's now it's now lace babbins signature flavor called haterade you know (laughs) talk talk about how they used to drink the haterade back in the day oh my god i like it i like it yeah we'll have to i have to pop it out and and, uh see if we can get some ordered in uh the give it give the deets afterward yeah yeah love it all right you guys thank you appreciate it appreciate you hey grinder out see you bud